0: I'm back. Good morning. Good morning. No one? No. Yeah, I'm by myself. <laughs> um, it's a little cold here, but it's okay. We're here together. We can warm each other up just being close together. But we're so glad that you're here. For those watching online, thank you for join, joining us this morning. Um, like Richard said, we're beginning a new sermon series today on the book of James called Faith. In action Like you saw in that video, faith in action is about movement, it's about doing, it's about um, applying what God has called us to do in our lives. And today, we will be reading from James chapter 1, verse 22 to 25. So if you have your Bibles, you, would you turn with me? It would also be on the screen so you can read with me. James 1:22. This is what it says. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do." That's the reading of the word. Now this is James um, coming to us and telling us straight. James, to me, is like the drill sergeant. You've just come into boot camp. And he's telling you, like, listen, get your act together. At least that's what it appears like. It kind of reminds me of this SNL skit, um, the therapist who um, only gives five-minute sessions, short. He's just like, just five minutes, and all you have to pay me is $5. And then you tell him what's wrong, you tell him your problem, and all he says is, stop it! That's all he says. Solved. You're fixed. When we look at James, it could sound that way. That James is just telling us, stop what you're doing. Do what the Bible says. Stop it. That's what it looks like. But James here, he's actually telling us something that so many of us often miss in our walk in Christ. Especially in our time. When we know and believe that God has called us um, through his grace and his compassion. That God loves us and he cares for us. But it doesn't stop there. His love and his grace motivates us towards action. Now, James is actually the half-brother of Jesus. And it's interesting because uh, you, if you read in the Gospels, James was actually one of those people that doubted Jesus. Like, this is someone I know. This is someone I, this is not the Son of God. Think about that. James was someone who did not believe who Jesus was. And then what happened? He saw the resurrected Christ. And that changed him. And he actually became one of the leaders, one of the pillars he's called. And it was, I think it's in Acts. Um, you see it in the book of Acts. So he's one of the pillars of the early church, one of the early leaders of the early church. And he writes this book to Christians who were persecuted and scattered. The church was no more. That the church they knew at that time was no more. And he wrote this book specifically to them. And I want to invite you all, even as we begin this series in the next five Sundays, to actually read this book. Read each chapter, read each verse, and meditate on what it says. Because in this book, you will see that God is calling us to practice our faith. He's calling us to move from our passivity He's calling us to, one, embrace his love and then move into action and applying his love into our lives to the world. So today I want to show you that our faith in God should move us beyond just the shallow behavioral change, beyond shallow uh, behavior modification, but into a deep transformation that works itself, that works its way outward through our actions. I think the thing for us, though, we must understand that as this works its way out of our lives, from our hearts, it's slow. It's a slow transformation. It doesn't happen as fast as we want it's not instant. It's a slow transformation. And from our text, we see that in order for us to do this, in order for us to move from uh, from uh, move our faith to action, we do two things that this text tells us that we just read. One, being attentive to God's word. And two, applying. God's word. Be attentive to God's word and applying God's word. So the first point being attentive. The first thing he says to us is like do not merely listen. Do not merely listen suggests to us that listening is an important step in our formation, in our life with God. Paying attention to God's word is an important step in following God. Why? Because if we're not aware, or if we do not understand his word, how can we actually apply it? How can we actually know what we're supposed to do? In a world that is distracted, busy, overstimulated, it's no surprise that our listening abilities are notoriously lacking. It's no surprise we can't keep a conversation for too long. We start daydreaming. But we are called to listen. In order that we may know how we should live. Uh, you know, I've been in pastoral ministry for five years now. And it's so interesting. You know, just meeting with different people. Talking you know, about, to different people about life, theology, God. And, you know, I always hear different perspectives. Some that make me cringe. Because I'm like, ah, that's not what the Bible says. <laughs> ah, that's not what it says. That sounds like your opinion. <laughs> that's not what the Bible says. But I have to be patient. You know, I just, okay, tell me more. Explain a little bit. And sometimes I realize that I can't even correct right away because that's not even going to help. Right? We all have our positions, perspectives, interpretations, and my hope my belief, my, my prayer, even as I meet with people, is that, you know, change will happen over time. I just have to be patient. And it's like, and I'll explain more, it's like the word of God is like a seed. And we see that in the Bible all the time. It's like a seed that is planted. A seed does not grow in one day. It takes a while. It takes a long time. It's like, okay. It's okay. It's fine. But we listen to God's word. We pay attention so that it can take root in our hearts and our minds. So that we can come to understand what God is calling us to do. So that we can continue to grow in our understanding of who God is. So we listen. Now the question, though, is how do we do that? How can we be attentive to God's word? I love this text. David writes Psalm 1. Psalm 1 verse 1 to 3. He says, blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. But blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree. <laughs> Again, that for farming analogy. It's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. And whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. It actually sounds like what James just said to us. It says, how can we be attentive to God's word? Well, one way we can be is med- meditating on God's word. I know sometimes it's hard to be, I I don't like always being prescriptive, but the Bible clearly tells us, meditate on his law. Blessed is the one who delights in the law of God and meditates on it day and night. So our life with God, our personal devotion with God is essential for us to grow in faith, to grow in love. How time with God, whether it's in the morning, in the evening, whether it's when you're walking to the train, we can find time in our lives to be with God to read His scripture. Again, I have to say this: we cannot apply God's word to our lives if we do not know what it says. We can't live by our childhood. Um, um, We can't live by a childhood um, church life, by our youth. (laughs) We can't keep living by what we experience in church in our youth. We grow daily in God. And the psalmist here says, day and night I meditate in the law. I'm not going to tell you when you should do it. I'm not going to say you should do it in the morning or in the evening. All I'm saying, find your time for personal devotion. I know this is hard. I know this is difficult. Again, in a world where we are so insanely distracted and so overstimulating, always looking for the thing that would give us this instant satisfaction. When we spend time in our word, in God's word, it's not always satisfying right now. Again, it's like the seed that is planted. And it takes time. It takes root. I think about, um, I think about even as a young kid reading scripture. One of the reasons I kind of know scripture, I think, fairly well is because of the time I spent in scripture when I was younger. And some of that is, is reaping is reward right now. Some of that of my, my understanding of God's word is reaping is reward right now. Back then, I was just like, oh, this is boring. This is not fun. I don't like this. It's just, it seems like you're just going through the motions. But oftentimes I can think, oh, okay, how is God calling me to live this out? And I can think about God. I can turn to the page and know where to go. And as I study now, I might not see the reward right now. Ten years from now, the fruit, the tree that is planted, yield its fruit. Twenty years from now, the tree that was planted will yield its fruit. Ten years from now, families and parents, what you build in your kids will yield its fruit. your kids might be a nuisance right now to you <laughs> for some parents but we hopeful and prayerful that 10 years, 15, 20, 30 that would yield this fruit how do we be attentive to God's word personal devotions secondly communal gatherings like this we come to church every sunday not just because of obligation or duty or because uh, you know, we want to create an experience that's fun and exciting. We come to remember God's words. That even in the song we sing, we, we are remembering what God says of us. We're remembering how God is calling us to live our lives. As we pray, these are all ways that we are thinking and, and building the, 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 the practices of following God. When we meet in our hope groups, the same thing. We're building and learning. We have, like, for example, I'll give you each service. You probably know what we're going to (laughs) do. Right? It starts with a prayer. starts with songs. starts with a confession of prayer. It starts with announcements, prayer again, preaching, prayer again, or song. (laughs) And you're like, this is the same thing. I know what to expect but that type of liturgy as we do it week by week it's a way for us to remember god to remember what he is calling us to do these gatherings are not just here for for you know just entertainment but they are formational they help us grow and learn about god and learn about how we are called to live so, it is a sacrifice. Learning, listening, being attentive to God, it is a sacrifice of our time. It infringes on the things we would like to do. It is a sacrifice. Think about when we are actively listening to our spouse, for example, or when we are actively listening to a coworker. When we are listening, it requires sacrifice to pay attention. I want to say what I want to say, but no, I have to keep it in. (laughs) Because you want the person who you're listening to to feel loved, to feel engaged, to know that you are understanding what they're saying. It's a sacrifice of our time, it's a sacrifice of our opinions and feelings being attentive to god's word is a sacrifice of our opinions and feelings saint francis said this that a person had not given up everything for god as long as he had held onto the money bag of his own opinions we are not attentive to god if when we read scripture if when we hear the sermon or if we're um, uh, uh, in our personal devotions and we still have not given up our feeling given up our opinions We're interjecting our own opinions into God's word, into God's law. He calls us to love, and then our reaction is, no, I don't want to love. This person just offended me. No. We interject our feelings and our opinions means that we haven't given up everything. It means we are interjecting our own thoughts and feelings into his word. So yes, it's a sacrifice of our time. It's a sacrifice of our opinions. But when we do so, when we are able to, the, to, to, to truly attend to God's word. James here reminds us that we are blessed. That we prosper. So the psalmist says the same thing. That we prosper. That we actually learn to grow. Again, it doesn't happen right now. But he, he builds something in us. That would yield his fruit in season. So we listen to God's word. And secondly, we apply God's word. This is where James was trying to like hone in on his original hearers. Because remember he told them, do not merely listen. So these were people who were actually like, oh yeah, this sounds interesting. These were people who were maybe... Right, just consuming knowledge, consuming scripture, consuming everything they can, but for some reason, or what, for whatever reason, they were not applying it to their lives. Because faith in God should motivate motivate us to right action. And he warns them not to 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 fall into the trap of being this passive Christian of this Christian who is indifferent to God's word and God's call. I like what he says here. He said, the person that doesn't do what it says, James is saying this, the person that doesn't do what God's word says is like someone who looks in the mirror, then goes away and forgets what they look like. The person that does not apply God's words to their lives is like someone who looks in the mirror, goes away, forgets what they just saw. (laughs) Can you imagine looking in the mirror, looking at your face, walking away, and you don't remember? Oof. (laughs) That's a little bit scary, actually. Because it means you have to keep, or you just give up. You have to keep looking or you just give up. So he's saying for for those of us that do not apply God's word, we actually lose our self-awareness. We lose who we are. We lose who God is calling us to be. And we end up being people So much people who are influenced by other things around them. One way I was thinking about it, I was trying to look for a picture to show this. It's like looking, you know, I give you a mirror, but it's not really a mirror. I give you something else, and I make you think that's who you are. I think that's how, when we think of the culture around us, we think of even our work relationships, we think of, just think of the world in general. They make you believe you're something you're not. They distort your, the, your view of self. And God is saying, nope, <laughs> look in this. Look at my word. I will show you who you are. And he's doing that. Why? So that you can actually be transformed and formed and shaped by him scripture enables us to see ourselves clearly it enables us to see and know that yes we're absolutely loved and at the same time we're absolutely in need of god's grace We go to God's word, we attend to God's word so that we can actually apply it to our everyday lives. And James actually said something interesting here. He said, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom will be blessed. That's interesting because law and freedom often doesn't align. It's like law seems restrictive. Freedom is, yay, I can do whatever I want. (laughs) That's how we often think about it. But the law is present. The law is available. So that we can actually live Who live out who God is calling us to be. So that we can actually thrive in our work. We can thrive in our families. We can thrive in our homes. What is that law he's talking about? That perfect law of freedom. I think he's actually recalling back to what Jesus said. The greatest commitment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. The way we apply God's word is living this out by loving him. And loving our neighbors. So everything that James will tell us in this book is all built around that perfect law. Love God with all your heart, all your soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. But again, I said this earlier. It takes time. It takes time to actually truly live this out. I think for many of us, we're, we're that type of people that when we look in the mirror, when we look at scripture, we just give up. Because it doesn't make sense. You're like, ah, this is too much. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. What? No, no. We give up. God is calling us to come to it day and night, night and day. I, I love Matthew 13, where Jesus talks about his word, about God's word, and he talks about God's word, and he he again he uses God's word and the metaphor as this, God's word is like a seed, and he talks about the, it's the parable of the sower, famous parable. He talks about how some seeds fell on the path, birds ate it, some seeds fell in the rocky place. The sun scorched it. Some seeds fell by the thorns, and the the plant that grew from those seeds were choked by the thorns. And then some fell on good soil. Some fell on good soil. The truth is, is when we come to God, when we come to his word, this is what happens. Sometimes it falls on the path And the enemy comes and snatches it away. Sometimes when we come to God's word, some of it falls on the rocky place. And then when persecution and trouble and anxiety and all those things come, it scorches away God's word. Some fall by the thorns and the deceitfulness of this world will choke it away. But I believe some fall on good soil, and that grows in you. That grows in you. So we come to it day and night knowing that, oh, my gosh, some will get destroyed. Some will get thrown away. Some will not work out. Some of his words will not work in our hearts. But I praise God that some will fall on good soil. And in due time, it will yield its fruit. I'll close with this. Um, A friend of mine who was an atheist for a long time, um, we would meet regularly, hang out. And I loved talking to him about scripture, Bible, because he had a different perspective about it. And I used that also to kind of help me think about how I think about God and scripture and church and, and all that. Um, he actually encountered Jesus. He actually met God. And this is a smart guy. Nothing I said will convince him. Nothing I had to bring to the table, all my theological skills, blah, blah, blah. And it, did not, it meant nothing. But Jesus himself came and met him. Just like that. That's his seed. It takes time, but it germinates. It it comes not by our power, but by God's sovereignty. And even now, even when when he first came to Christ, I mean, it it I was just like, what the? He is real. (laughs) It was one of those things where I'm like, God is real, you know, like. Okay, yes, I believe, again. <laughs> but I saw it took time for that to actually work itself in him. You know, like when he first became a Christian, he would say, oh, yeah, I'm a changed man. I'm a changed man. And I'm like, ah, I don't know if you really, really are. Because I would see his pride. I would see his anger. I would see all these different parts of him that does not align But, you know, with scripture or the way of Jesus and walking in Jesus. But it took time. And slowly I'm like, oh, wow, this guy is, has been transformed. God's word taking root in his heart, in his life. And he's become this really just sweet, amazing guy who does laundry for his family, does the dishes, does, and he does it with joy. Now we're like, oh, I got to do this. But with joy. So I'm saying all this to say this. That God's word actually transforms us. It actually works. But it doesn't work as fast as you want it to. It doesn't happen right away. It takes time. And this is the beautiful thing about God. This is how God is working in us. It takes time. As we come to it day and night, as we devote ourselves fully to him, we will see the fruit yield in season. My friends, sorry, I I got a little bit excited there because that story, even as I'm telling you, it's like, oh, wow, yeah, God is real. (laughs) But my hope and my invitation to you today, even as the worship team comes up, is that we... Be attentive to God's word. That we take the time, we sacrifice the time, we sacrifice our opinions and our feelings and come to God's word, God's, 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 um, um, God's church, and we come to it with humility. We come to it with hope. Knowing that as I participate in in this life with him, right now I might not see it. But in due time, you will see it. In due time, your friends will see God's love working out in you. In due time... You see the things you've been praying for and hoping for. Whether they happen or not, you realize it does not matter. <laughs> it does not matter. <laughs> what matters is that God loves you. God cares for you. And that's all that matters. <laughs> Jeez, that's all that matters. Wow. It's hitting me too. <laughs> that's all that matters. I, there's the again, one more thing. I saw that movie, Old. Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie. And there was a scene. If you probably know about the movie, the movie talks about how it's kind of how people get older and happens instantly because they came to an island. And there was this couple that was fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. At the end, they were old. And they couldn't even remember what they were fighting about. You know that it's, it doesn't matter. I'm not saying that the conflict shouldn't be worked out. I'm not saying like, in the whole scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Tony Hale, an actor. Um, he's um, you probably know him from Arrested Development, right? He's Bust Buster Bursty. Buster, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, great show, by the way. Amazing. He's in Veep as well. Great guy. And he was talking about his anxieties and all the things he's been going through. And this is what he said in this interview that I saw. He said this: "I think prayerful meditation, being still in a pace, in a space, being still with God. I just I don't do that enough. And it's crazy because when I do do it." I always walk away from it going, why the heck am I not doing this that more? He said this, because I realized it's so centering. It just broadens the picture of life. I mean, you just kind of go, we're spinning on a planet here, and I'm giving a lot of anxiety and a lot of weight to stuff that just doesn't matter. Right. When we come to God in prayerful meditation, in prayerful devotion to him, it gives us wisdom and perspective. It aligns us with things that actually matter. We love God with all our hearts, with all our soul, with all our might, with all our strength. We love our neighbor as ourselves. Would you stand with me as we pray and respond in song? Dear God, I pray today, even now, that you would help us to be attentive to you, to meditate on your word, to grow in our knowledge of you, but at the same time, to apply our knowledge of you, to apply what you've given us, what you've shown us, to our lives pray you help us. I pray you help us to grow in you. Help us, God, even as your word is planted in our hearts. That yes, we might not see the fruit now. But give us the patience to know that. In due season, that fruit will yield, that seed will yield his fruit. Help us to trust you. To trust what you're doing in our lives. And to know that it's all in your hands. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray. Let's sing as we and respond in a worship.